do not. There is no try. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this brand new edition of Bleacher Talk. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, we have a very special episode, um, th- but it's also very different. Um, I am in quote unquote studio, um, but Jackson, who is with us today, is actually kind of sickly, so I didn't want him around me. So. He's he's on the phone with us. Hello, Jackson. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm very sick and I'm dying. <laughs> and then uh, Dylan is actually gone this week. Um, he is on a stupid cruise. Um, so screw you, Dylan. Um, but he's not here with us. So we brought in uh, one of our returning guests who hasn't been with us in a while. Um, our very own brother, Jake. Jake, what's going on, buddy? Hello. How's it going? Glad Dylan, to be good. here. To be uh, Dylan's replacement. Yes. Um, thanks, Dylan. Yeah. I think this kind of is a reoccurring theme. Like, every time Dylan's gone, we bring Jake in. And yeah, it's probably I mean, just so we can talk nerd stuff. Like, we always talk nerd yeah. stuff when we bring when Dylan's not It's here. also because me and Dylan don't get along. That's true. Y'all yeah. don't like each other. For some reason, he hates <laughs> I remember, you. I remember that time when you guys fought each other. Yeah. Uh, like, fisticuffs. Like you, mm-hmm. like, you guys really went at it. Yeah, and Jake mm-hmm. tried to run over his mom with a car. I don't know. Like, it was weird. Like, yeah. He has like a weird thing about it, whatever. But um, so so Jake is uh, he lives a little far away. So he is also we're trying this FaceTime audio thing. Um, I think it sounds okay. It's a lot better than just a regular phone call. Um, but it it obviously has its you know it's not perfect audio quality. Um, but we get into a hundred percent Star Wars talk in this in this episode, and we kind of nerd out a little bit. We can't help it. So, um, this, this episode could have easily been eight hours long. Oh, yeah. It, it actually was eight hours. We just cut it down to like an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We've it's actually 6 a.m. right now, and I got to get up and go to work here in a minute. I got to go to work now. Um, so, but I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Of course, if y'all have any questions, have any comments, um, or if you want to send us a topic to discuss in the future, uh, be sure to reach out to us at bleachertalkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to like all of our social media pages, our Facebook page, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Everything's Bleacher Talk Podcast. Uh, and then, of course, if you're not a subscriber, if you're new to us, please subscribe. Uh, if you like us, give us a five star rating. If you don't like us, don't rate us. Um, you know, whatever, just leave it alone. Uh, but also share it with your friends. If you know some friends that love Star Wars talk or just any random talk at all, uh, send it to them. Maybe they'll enjoy this episode. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Here we go. So, I think that we should maybe just start with our initial reactions to The Rise of Skywalker. Um, There has been, obviously you guys have seen... There's been a lot of mixed emotions. I've to me, it seems like it's very like almost fifty fifty. Like you have some people that just absolutely hate it. You have some people who mm-hmm. absolutely love it, and you do have a few people that are kind of in the middle. Like, eh, yeah, well, I liked a lot of it, but there were some things that kind of bothered me. So I'm kind of falling into the like I really loved it category, but there was a few things that bothered me um, mm-hmm. that made me 
really realize the rush of the movie um, as well as the changes in the movie. But mm-hmm. before I get into like just the, you know, some of the stuff that's kind of come out since then as far as the changes and that kind of stuff that we kind of know, give me y'all's like initial reaction to the, to the movie itself. What, what did you think? What did you love? What didn't you like? And so on. Mm. Jack, you can start. Reverse. I'll start. Um, Go ahead, Jack. I, I left the theater with smiles. Like I, I had a good time. I got my money's worth. Yeah. I had, I laughed. I, I was thoroughly entertained um, and left the theater very happy. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel with like every new star Wars that's come out. Um, the, this trilogy is that every time I leave the theater, I feel like, man, that was really fun. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah. And then, 20 minutes goes by and the rush of being at the theater and enjoying it with people goes by and I start to think about the details. Yeah. And and then I, I, I have less appreciation for the, the movie itself, but mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it. I yeah. still had a good time and I, I will never, um, balk at a movie that is that well produced and created and so much effort is put into it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really fun and I think it is 100% worse making and doing and seeing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely I, I agree with you jackson what'd you think initially um i pretty much agree with jake uh uh i've never really looked at star wars and uh considered it to be the pinnacle of cinema so i'm never <laughs> really someone to uh i'm not really someone to critique the star wars movies because for me, they're strictly there just to be fun. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I still think it's fun to debate like the lore and stuff and uh, mm. everything that I think is uh, that could be considered like unfortunate about this trilogy is everything that's gone on behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh, with the actors and the fans who are like. Uh, throwing shade at the actors or the director swaps people who don't want to work whatever it is just everything that was unfortunate in my opinion came from behind the scenes Mm -hmm. but everything that ended up on the screen i thought was great yeah uh this movie especially i thought was the best out of the trilogy and like my second or third favorite star wars movie of all time oh wow Mm. that's pretty high praise it's yeah it's it's probably i'm just not going to go through all of them, but it's probably Empire, Phantom Menace, and then uh, Rise of Skywalker. Wow, you have Phantom Menace number two? Yeah, oh, yeah. No way. You that mean Revenge of the Revenge Sith? Revenge of the Sith, sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I was still, about to say, I mean, that's, yeah. that's still uh, pretty Attack dang Clones. high. Yeah. Clones is my favorite, yeah. Wait, <laughs> give me your list again? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> okay. okay, here's my list. Empire Strikes Back. Number one. The Sith is number two. Okay. And Rise of Skywalker is number three. Wow. Okay. Man. Okay. Interesting perspective from, I mean, you, you, I mean, we'll just call it, you were born the year Phantom Menace came that, out. True. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm old enough to have been in a theater when the first Star Wars released in, in 77, but, um, I, I, I guess there's a difference in growing up with this, that first trilogy mm-hmm. as opposed to growing up with the um, 
the prequel trilogy. Yeah, because I was trying to think of when you and I may have seen the first trilogy originally, and I feel mm-hmm. like it was probably early nineties. Yeah, um, it was the it was the gold box VHS release yeah. of of the um, Star Wars trilogy that had Darth Vader on the cover. The, on the cover was that ninety four. Uh, uh, I'm looking it up now. I'm trying to remember exactly. That may have been even a little bit later because I remember that gold box. I used to have it in my room. Mm -hmm. It was like a gift or something like for Christmas or something. It was, I feel like, yeah, okay, so I'm I'm seeing online it was 95. 95. Because that was when um, they digitally remastered it, you know, and they added those scenes. And so we didn't grow up with. the original originals yeah. with special editions of the original yeah. trilogy. So it was like they had added Jar- um, uh, Jabba. Jabba, thank you. They yeah. added Jabba in there as a, as a digital character. An actual, added, yeah, he was the, yeah, he was an actual person in the actual original movies. And mm-hmm. then they turned him into the giant slob that he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the version on, on the internet right now, the gold box that slid out from the from Vader's hit man that's I want to say right that I, I feel like if we probably would have to look pretty hard but I feel like that's still down in mom and dad's basement it's probably somewhere, somewhere. I would love to have it that um, along with all of our James Bond tapes you want yeah. me to go look right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that would have put me at about six and you at about nine uh, uh, when we first saw it when, Ninety-five, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting because that's a little bit older than my boys are when they're when they yeah. first seen. Obviously, yeah. I mean, being a Star Wars nut as a parent, my boys mm-hmm. have started off with Star Wars at birth. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they were playing with Star Wars toys before they'd even actually seen the movies and everything. So, right. So well, that, that also puts me and you as being. I mean, I was a teenager. You were near a teenager when the prequels came out. Yes. Um, which is a very big difference because immediately I saw those as like kids' movies. Yeah. Because they had Jar Very Jar childish. Over. Yeah, yeah. I think by the time, Jackson, your third favorite was Revenge of the Sith, right? It was his second favorite. Uh, my second. Or second favorite, Empire, yeah. Empire, then I, Revenge. Yeah, I, I think that's easily, you know, the best of the three. Mm, oh, yeah, for um, sure. But... Um, yeah, I, I I need to go back and rewatch that one. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it. I remember it being the best of the three, though. Yeah, and it is... I rewatched episode one through six before I saw episode nine. Really? And yeah, I made a list of what I liked from one through six, and then I watched seven and eight after I watched nine. It whatever. It's a bunch of complicated <laughs> stuff that I did. <laughs> Well, and it's, you know, it's very interesting having two boys, my boys are right now four and eight. And like I said, they've been, they've been accustomed to Star Wars, you know, as early as they could understand a a toy, you know, they were Mm -hmm. playing, we were buying them Star Wars stuff, you know, immediately. So that was their first introduction to Star Wars was through the toys and Jack just, my eight year old Jack just recently watched um the the prequels mm-hmm. um when we were coming back from disney world he watched all three of them and he loved them he absolutely loved them and he liked jar jar yeah you know? i mean jar jar is, is for the kids <clears throat> yeah absolutely 
for sure. I, I, I don't hate Jar Jar. I mean, I'm, it's like hating a kid's toy. It's like, no, yeah. it's, it's, he made him, I mean, he made Jar Jar for the younger generation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to, um, I'll, I'll give my first impression of the rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm very much in the same boat as you guys. Um, I left the theater completely satisfied. Um, I honestly came into the movie having read a lot of things that was going on, reshoots, rewrites, that kind of stuff. I was pretty nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, I was afraid it was about to be another Game of Thrones. Um, And I know Jackson watched it with me. And Jake, I know you haven't really watched it, but you you already know that the ending of Game of Thrones was one of the worst in like TV history. Um, don't don't ask me for my opinion though, because that's the first episode of Game of Thrones I've watched. Just so you know, I've seen about three random episodes of Game of Thrones, and then I watched the finale. Yeah. So if, if that hurts your feelings at all, I'm sorry. Well, no, it, look, it's fine because I dedicated like eight years to that show, mm-hmm. and I loved it all the way through until that last episode. I was mm-hmm. so pissed when I watched that last episode. But that was what I was afraid of. You know, that happened with Lost. You remember how terrible yeah. the ending with Lost was. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard. I mean, just in general, <laughs> whether it's a, a trilogy, it's a TV series, it's very, very difficult to end it and make everybody happy. I mean, you're just not going to do yeah. that. But well, at the I, same uh, time, you could at least make some people happy. Can I say something real quick? Yes. Just not to cut you off. About You brought up Lost in the finale. I remember being like nine years old watching that with mom and both of us crying at the end of it. <laughs> it's just like a really weird memory you brought up. And you know what's funny? Very strange. What's funny, I bring up Lost, is that was a J.J. Abrams creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, I came in with, honestly, low expectations. Yeah. Because I was afraid that it was going to be, not necessarily a catastrophe, but I was afraid it was going to end in a really crappy way. Like, it was going to end in a very, I say, Disney-esque way. And in a sense, it kind of did, but it still wrapped everything up for me. I was happy when I left the theater. I was glad with the ending. I totally predicted it. Like, you can even ask Crystal. Like, she asked me, she's like, before we saw the movie, she's like, what do you think will happen? And I was like, Kylo will get the redemption just like... uh, like Darth Vader did, Ray mm-hmm. will probably die, or Kylo will will you know probably do something to save her life. Blah blah blah. And at the yeah. end, we were in the car on the way home, and she's like, "And you like totally nailed that." And I was <laughs> like, "I mean, I just felt like that's the way it was going to end because I mean, as soon as JJ Abrams took over it." No, I mean, I mean, not just that, but it's a very predictable story arc. I yeah. Mean, I mean, everybody yearns for redemption for a character who's on the middle ground. Yeah, and Kylo Ren fit that bill perfectly. Yeah, Ray is is the perfect uh, pro- protagonist. You know, mm-hmm. um, She's the, the I, I think literally, <laughs> yeah, Just perfect. I, I, I think. I mean, we don't want to get into spoiler territory. I think the most issue I had was with the antagonist in this movie. Yes, um, Palpatine, and and we'll. Well, we'll talk about that more, I guess. I don't yeah. want to, if you want to hit spoilers just yet. Yeah, we'll get to that. But so, yeah, but I, so, but I definitely, I'm just like you, Jack. I'm, I felt like I certainly got my money's worth. Um, you know, we took Jack and Harrison 
And, you know, Crystal was a little bit worried that, especially Harrison being only four. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're very good at watching movies anyway, but it was two hours and 20 minutes, I believe, was the runtime. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were a little bit nervous, like, are they really going to be able to last that long? And, man, they were glued to it the entire time. Like, <laughs> Harrison didn't make a sound. He sat with me the entire time and didn't say anything until the movie was over. And so that just just shows you that it was at least very entertaining. And, you know, you can get into all this mess with, oh, well, you know, this doesn't satisfy the Star Wars lore and, you know, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. But I don't think it was ever going to. Like, I don't, I don't think no. that was ever the purpose. The Disney's purpose of buying Lucasfilm was to make billions of dollars. Yeah, They're not they in yeah. yeah, and they've done that. Like, it's... I think I checked earlier today. It's at one point three or one point four billion. So yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's it's just an it's just like Marvel. I mean, it's just another property for Disney, and mm-hmm. it's not gonna satisfy the deep, 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 deep Star Wars nerds. It's just not. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to be a deep, deep Star Wars nerd, you have to accept the fact that there is no consistency. Yeah. Like you look back over the entire catalog of movies, and there's there's very little consistency throughout. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, if you want to be a true Star Wars fan, then you got to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. You know, like they had no idea the the franchise that were starting with a New Hope. They made they basically remade the same movie. Yeah. In Empire Strikes Back, sure. they blew up another Death Star. I mean, like the they had no idea that Vader was going to be his dad. Yeah. And so that's why there's this weird. If you rewatch A New Hope again, knowing all that, you're like, man, they they sure are flirty and weird with each yeah. other because like they were trying to set up a love triangle. Yes, yeah, between the three of them. Between the three of them, and that obviously wasn't correct. It, it didn't, didn't set out. well. Yeah, it didn't set well because George didn't tell anybody until The Empire Strikes Back was debuting. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, even even when they were filming Empire, and he reveals that he's he's his father. That wasn't even the line that the actor spoke when they no, were filming no. it. It yeah. was, I killed your father. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. or I killed Obi Wan, or something like that. Like it was something along that lines to make Luke upset. Right. And that line so famously was overdubbed like mm-hmm. weeks before the movie released. Yeah. I mean, I, I see more consistency in the prequel trilogy. <laughs> Than I do oh, with yeah. with the original trilogy or this new trilogy. It's a the 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 prequel series is actually a continuation series. Like it's it, a it's, movie on top of a movie on top of a movie. Yeah, it, it. I mean, for all its faults, the prequel trilogy was definitely thought out as a as one single arc from getting to end. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, there, there's a there's a lot of crap in there, but the arc of of Anakin becoming Darth, that is the entire, the entire series. Yeah. And the it, entire trilogy. And, you know, not to crap on George Lucas, but, you know, his biggest problem was the original prequel series is he bailed on a lot of his original ideas that he had after The Phantom Menace. Like, I, I'm a 100% uh, believer in the Darth Jar Jar. Absolutely. Um, fandom, I, I'm a supporter of Darth Jar Jar. 100%. 100%. And, I, you know, I sent you all that video the other day of Hayden Christensen and his acting. You know, he got a lot of negative feedback for being like a stone-cold, like, piece of plywood yeah. during the whole mm-hmm. series. 
But if you, the way that guy explained it, he explained it so perfect. Like, man, this dude was so messed up. Like he had no father. His mother mm-hmm. was killed by the people that was from that planet, but they wouldn't, the Jedi council wouldn't allow him to go help save her. They wouldn't mm-hmm. allow him on the council. Like he was like always told to hold his emotions, always hide everything, always keep everything yeah. in. That's the Jedi way. And it all went to hell. And he obviously, that's what eventually turned him into, you know, the the person that mm-hmm. he did. But if you really look at it that way, Hayden Christensen played that role exactly the way George Lucas wrote it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know why this went to my head, but um, you know the movie Full Metal Jacket? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's a character who has difficulty expressing his emotions and doesn't quite understand how he's feeling or how other people feel and everyone around him um tries to control him yeah and and at the end of his life in that movie um he takes it the only control he has is to take his kill himself yeah right and there's there's a parallel there i think with how even though hayden christensen you know i'm sure he might have, could have done a little bit better on a few of those reads, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, for the most part, like, he's playing a conflicted character. Yeah. That and, has a hard time experiencing and expressing his emotions. And, you know, if you think about it this way, you know, the one actor that was what tried to be cast in that movie instead of Hayden Christensen was Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, and man, that would have been a mistake. Imagine how much different it would be with a charismatic playboy being the Darth Vader, it would not have worked at all. No, not at all. And it probably would have ruined Leonardo DiCaprio's career. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't be the, you know, eventual Oscar winning actor that he is. But yeah, so not to get lost on the prequels, that could be an entire podcast episode on its own. Um, But yeah, so... I do want to get into uh, some negatives about the rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, so, and I think I may have told you guys this a while back, but there was some, um, you know, obviously some, um, a major shakeup with the rise of Skywalker after Return of the uh, Return of the Jedi. The Last Jedi was released. So, The Last Jedi, obviously directed by Ryan Johnson. It comes out to me. I, I enjoyed the Last Jedi. I thought it was a great movie, very entertaining. I thought it was turn made a a huge turn in direction of where I thought we were going. It was very bold, very very bold. And I almost thought like if they would have allowed Ryan Johnson to continue with the third movie, then he would have allowed things to happen, you know, the way that he wanted them to. So that movie comes out. Obviously, there's a lot of negative negativity about the movie um, f- for good reason. I mean, I think there's certainly some things in that movie that that when you watch it, you think, man, this is this is not really a sequel. This is like a totally different story. Um, and it obviously messed with the the character of Luke Skywalker, which made a lot of people mad anyway. So originally, the rise of Skywalker, if you remember, was slated to be directed by Colin Trevorrow, um, who wrote or who directed the the most recent Jurassic Park movies, um, the Jurassic World. I think is that what it's called, Jurassic World with Chris Pratt. Um, 
you know, very successful movies. So they had brought him in to be the third director on the movie. They wanted to go three different directors. That was the original plan. He wrote a script along with the with the other writer, uh, Cook, I believe. I can't remember his name. Wrote an entire script, uh, brought it to Kathleen Kennedy, the main producer, the main head of Lucasfilm with Disney. And basically they said, this is not where we want to go. This is not, you know, you need to change this. You need to change this, change this. College of ours like, no, this is how I feel it needs to go. And so they parted ways because of creative differences. And so they were already pretty well into pre-production but when they did that. So they took the safe bet and brought back J.J. And the reason why J.J. didn't... The, they say the reason why he didn't do the second movie is because he was moving on to do the other Star Trek movie. Um, yeah. which to a lot of Star Wars fans was very irritating. <laughs> um, so, but then I'm sure that they walked up to his house with a, you know, bucket full of money and, and, you know, finally talked him into it. So he was brought in very late into pre-production and he rewrote a script with that same writer and they basically rushed a lot of things. And, if you, to me, The Rise of Skywalker is much more a sequel to The Force Awakens than it is The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. I've heard people say that they could, that you could take out The Last Jedi and just watch episode seven and nine. I think back so. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there's a couple of callbacks, but really there's, there's very little. I mean, other than the introduction of characters. I would say The Last Jedi really doesn't have any weight in that trilogy. Yeah. Um, the introduction of characters like Rose and uh, who else? Rose is the main one. Rose. I mean, just Rose in general and anybody else. Uh, in the Rise of Skywalker, they got pushed to the side. You, If you hadn't seen Last Jedi, you would think that Rose was just a side Character. I think they I mean, said that Rose had a total then. of like seven minutes on screen time or something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Which they did say that because of um, Carrie Fisher's death, um, you know, they reused a lot of the footage that they had of her to mix it in with the new story. Mm -hmm. That because they did that, it caused a lot of uh, Rose's lines and scenes to go away, basically. Yeah, I mean, in. I mean, we did have the death of Luke in in eight as well. Yeah, it's very important. Um, but honestly, if if I'm being honest about what I enjoy the most in Star Wars is the fight scenes. Oh, <laughs> most certainly. And Episode Eight has the best fight scene in the whole trilogy. The um the throne room scene. The throne room scene. It is very very well. That done. is one of the most amazing fight scenes, even though it does have a major continuity error in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, when the when she's fighting the guy with the nunchucks and he breaks them in half and now he's got two swords in his hands yeah, and yeah. he wraps his arm around him and all of a sudden that other one in his hand disappeared. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Um, but yes, that that was certainly one of the best fight scenes. Um, mm -hmm. I think. Wanna, do we want to say our favorite fight scenes from the whole trilogy? Oh man, the whole trilogy. 
Um, yeah. my absolute favorite fight scene of the whole trilogy is trilogy is Revenge of the Sith when Obi Wan and Anakin fight at the end. That's uh, hands down my favorite. Yeah, I would, just I would just because which I love the originals. Don't get me wrong, but the fight choreography in the prequels was pretty incredible. Like it went yeah. to a very majestic, almost like a dance. Um, and I would say my second favorite was the fight between Obi Wan, Qui Gon Jinn, and Darth Maul. That that's my favorite. I mean, you're talking about some really really badass dudes like going at it. I mean, when the when the barrier comes up and Darth Maul is pacing around. Oh like, my gosh! Unlike. Uh, for it to go free again, and Quagon gets down and starts meditating. Yeah, oh, you've got, you 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 get three different thing. approaches because you've got Quagon that's that's meditating quietly. Yes, you've got Darth Maul that's like, you know, Raging. hitting the screen yeah. and like you know, come at me. And yeah. then you've got Obi Wan who's like jumping. He just yeah. cannot wait. He can't to get wait. He's eager. Yeah. He's like a kid. Yeah. Um, that, that to me is my all-time favorite. Not only because like the entire fight choreography is so good, and um, everybody in it just performs perfectly. But yes. you have like Obi Wan's defining moment. He he took he won a battle from the low ground. Yeah, um, which completely sets up you know the the uh, third movie, Revenge of the Sith, where yeah. he says, "I have the high ground." You know, like that. I think it's such a great moment for Obi Wan as a character yeah. too, to say, "You know, I took." You know, I defeated a Sith Lord without a weapon from the low ground. Yeah. You know, it and was, it was a it, 99 out of 100 times, Darth Maul would have would have destroyed Obi-Wan at that moment because yeah. at that time, Obi-Wan's still a Padawan, technically. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, yeah. he got forced into being a leader because Qui-Gon died. Mm-hmm. So he was still very young. Like they even talk about the braid on his hair. You know, like that yeah. symbolizes yeah. him being a Padawan, like he's still in training. And yeah. he should have never, ever beat Darth Maul on his own. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, oh, man, I love that fight scene. But I I love the the last fight scene specifically for one little part is they, they go, I mean, it's like a 25-minute fight scene. Like it's insane mm-hmm. how long it is. But my absolute favorite part of that fight scene is when they're in that that room and they're both standing up on top of that table and they both are just like and they just hit. Man, I watched that over and over and over and over again because just the skill between those two guys, even as actors, just to pull that off was just incredible. Like I absolutely love that. Now, on the flip side, the same prequel series that we're talking about has incredible fight scenes. The Yoda fight scene bothers me so bad. I hate it. It's so bad. <laughs> Him oh, jumping man. around like a like a frog, like going to. You guys don't like that. No, I he hated looks so it. silly. I absolutely exactly hated it. How you? That's exactly how you would imagine Yoda would fight with a lightsaber. I don't know. I just. How else would he fight? It, it was so like fish out of water for me. Like. He's always been like so slow and so methodical and you know, he's supposed to be very, very old and then all of a sudden he turns into like those people you see at Cirque du Soleil, you know, with a lightsaber in his hand. (laughs) I guess well that you gotta admit that scene 
uh, right before him and Palpatine fight each other, where he walks into the room and the red uh, red guards are there and they hold up their staffs and he just moves. He just his moves hand them just gently. real quick, yeah. with his, like, like with his finger. Over. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, the I, one I the one that bothers me even more than the one with Palpatine is the one when he fights Dooku. Like that fight with Dooku, even like Dooku yeah, himself no, looks no. ridiculous. Mm. I don't know. I that. I, yeah, that was strange. Yeah, I, I don't hate that one. I just feel like it was like a plot scene where yeah. like he has to escape. He has to, you know. It's a, yeah. It, there's some fight scenes that I think are are definitely um, a ploy to get a character out of a scene. Well, or to you remember that that whole deal with Dooku like. Obi-Wan was fighting him first and mm-hmm. Dooku basically had defeated him and brought the like the pops down on top of Obi-Wan. Yeah. And Yoda comes walking in out of the shadows. Well, you forget the Anakin comes in, gets both of his arms cut off. Yeah. No, just one arm. Just one. He loses <laughs> that one, one arm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah. It's just like Dooku like somehow is like the most incredible fighter that he's just this old dude that takes out I, I, these two yeah. young guys. Right. I, I didn't agree with that at all. Uh-uh. It was like, um, that it makes sense to me is like, Dooku would be able to defeat Obi-Wan. Yeah. And the, um, the lightning. definitely made up for it in the third one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, certainly, I mean, he cut his head off. <laughs> so, yeah. um, that was his turn to the dark side. I mean, that was his moment right there. The beginnings. <laughs> yeah. And that's when the meme started. Do it. Do it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I think let's talk about some of the negatives that we didn't like about the rise of Skywalker. Oh, um, I, I, I have one more fight scene. Oh yeah. Um, what is, what is the animated, um, series with Mace Windu? In oh, that one, the, that, the uh, video Wars. of him and the, um, all the yes. going nuts on those, uh, robots. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dude. Clone Wars. Um, yeah. Mace Mace Windu destroys Windu. like like a million millions uh, droids. It's the best one. <laughs> that is the most <laughs> insane. It's like he's, a um, like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I know it is. I mean, it, it's definitely not like you know part of the all the movies and stuff. But yeah. Like, if you have not seen it, go watch that. It's the Clone Wars 2003. Mace Windu. Um, and th- there's a scene in it where he he's fighting all these he's like literally fighting all thousands of droids. Yeah. And at one point. He he looks at a droid, holds up his hand and squeezes, yes. and every bolt in that droid <laughs> comes out of yes. it. Yes, he's, he's basically destroying all these droids with his bare hands. Yeah, in most of this, yeah, it's, it's unreal. Yeah, man, it's yes, crazy. that is that is by far one of the most like um, even yeah. just like an active cartoon. Like that's the most like incredible fight scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's hilarious. I totally forgot about that. I remember watching that for the first time. My mouth was just wide open the entire, yeah. the entire time watching that. Um <clears throat> but yeah, so certainly there were some negatives. My so okay, so there's a lot of rumors going on um about there is a director's cut that I really hope will be released when they release mm-hmm. the Blu-ray or whatever. They say that it's like three hours and ten minutes long, um, and the obviously the reason why they cut it down was you know nobody's going to sit in a theater right now for three hours. Um, I couldn't even sit down and watch The Irishman all the way through. I mean, I had to break it up in three one-hour you know moments. Um, but um, in game made 
four billion dollars. Well, but it was like two hours and thirty minutes. Like even still, like it was cut down a it pretty was, good bit. It was three hours. Was it three hours? Release, the three theatrical release was three hours. Huh. Interesting. I'll uh, I'll run it. I'll look at it right now. So. But the rumor is is that there's a lot of stuff that was cut out of the movie to condense it down to the time that it was, but there was there were things that were cut out that could have changed the tone of the movie, uh, and also could have really changed some characters, um, specifically Finn. Um, mm. So you you kind of get the idea that Finn is force sensitive, like yeah yeah for sure. So I mean, he in uh, what was it? He picked up the lightsaber in um, episode eight. Yeah, I and mean, he seemed to know his way around. Right. Somehow. So that I believe one hundred percent that JJ was setting up Finn to be force sensitive, even in the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Like even in the very beginning, when he felt like what he was doing was wrong, like when they were killing everybody in the town. Mm-hmm. And that was his like change moment that everybody says that that was the force. Like that was him being force sensitive to understanding that what they were doing was wrong. And he was filled with the force, which meant he needed to do what was good. Yeah. So there's a scene in the for in the uh, rise of Skywalker where they're trying to get into that hatch on that ship and BB eight runs over there and like does his little thing and gets it open. They say that in the original director's cut that it's actually Finn that uses the force to open it. Like, Mm. just kind of all of a sudden, like, he does it on accident. And you also notice that in in the movie, now this is in the actual cut of the movie, he knows that they have switched their beacon from that one ship down to the other one. You know, like, he's the one that realizes it real quick. And, again, that's like a force sensitivity thing. He knows when Ray dies. That's a force mm-hmm. sensitivity thing. There's a lot yeah, of things that are. Movie, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. throughout the entire movie. Like it's, it's never really like said specifically. So that leads to when they're sinking in the sand, and he looks at Ray and he says, "Ray, I never told you that." And then they sink, and they, you know, and then yeah. Poe like gets on him like, "Hey, man, what were you gonna say?" You know, like yeah, he makes that, a joke that, out that's, of it. That's a big beef with me. I, I hate how they didn't follow up on but yeah they never they never followed up with it and you know like crystal and a lot of people were saying well he was going to tell ray that he was in love with her and so it i kind of thought that too but then again i was like uh i don't know like i don't think that they ever really meant for ray and finn to be in love like i don't yeah i i, I get there's a strong connection there yeah. but i get i get more of a connection in the way of like luke and leia luke and leia that, exactly that 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 he's that Luke sees something in Leia that is deeper than like a romantic connection. Yeah. That is like, like a, a the, their shared force sensitivity yeah. would bring them together no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And so that that's what that's one of my biggest beefs with with Rise of Skywalker is that they did not give him the proper um, plot. You know, yeah. they didn't give him a resolution. They didn't really give him a whole lot to do. Either. His story never really arced. Like it no. never really wrote, you know, reached that pinnacle of like, oh yeah, there it is. Like mm-hmm. he and just kind of what, faded out. What kind of a kind of a 
waste, sadly, because John Boyega is incredible. Yeah, oh, I love John yeah, Boyega. Absolutely. I wish they give him his own movie. <laughs> yeah, I wish he had his <laughs> own and, series. Him and uh, Oscar Isaac. Just yeah, Poe Dameron. A spinoff series together. Yeah, I well, mean, I feel the same way about them, like um, Iron Man and Hulk, you know, give them their own movie. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so, number one on the Poe Dameron thing, making his own series, he Oscar Isaac was asked if he would consider coming back with his character, maybe in a Disney Plus series, and he mm-hmm. very enthusiastically said, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's uh, done. After they all three said that. Yeah. The end, John. Yeah. Well... I'm sure that they probably had to say that. Uh, I, I mean, I, mean, I kind of understand it if they're worn out from playing those characters and, yeah. you know, probably dealing with everything, I understand. but And Oscar Isaac was a pretty serious actor before he became Poe Dameron, yeah, so he's, he's probably he's ready to get back to, like, some more serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, though, if you're Disney... Wouldn't you tell your three main actors? <laughs> keep hey, your mouth every, shut. Just keep your mouth shut yep. and deny everything yep. until we have proper plans in yep. place. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but so the the main writer besides J.J. Abrams has come out to say that Finn was actually going to tell Ray that he was force sensitive, that he was never mm-hmm. going to tell her that he was in love with her. And mm-hmm. so that's been confirmed. So I think that. You know, even Ryan Johnson set it up in The Last Jedi to show that there was more Jedi in the universe or people mm-hmm. that at least had Force sensitivity when they had that little kid in the broom yeah, at the broom very boy. end. Yeah, broom boy. Of course, there was no resolution to that little boy either. But, yep. again... Uh, I've just come to the conclusion that, that that a gust of wind knocked the broom over <laughs> at the exact right time. But, yeah, so I think that... Man, okay, so there's this really stupid rumor that, and I just don't feel like there, there's any truth to this at all, but there's a there's a big Reddit thing going on saying that a source close to the set or that was on the production crew or whatever has said that Disney purposely um, sabotaged J.J.'s original cut of the movie because... They wanted him to fail because he was a, he was going to move on to the uh, DC universe. He could potentially be directing a DC movie coming up. And mm. they're saying that they wanted him to fail so that he wouldn't get the DC job or what. I don't know. I mean, you know, that's just a bunch <laughs> doesn't of, make any sense at yeah, all. Why I mean, would you want just, your own property to fail? Exactly, yeah. exactly. There's no way Disney would ever, like, say, okay, let's not make as much money as we could so that this yeah. guy can Right, like screw over no one guy's career just so you know, and and lose ourselves billions of dollars. Like, no, that's that's stupid. But um, but yeah. So I I really hope that they do release the director's cut because I I would be curious. They also say that the um, the black girl that they find out was a stormtrooper. Um, mm-hmm. At the end, her and Lando have like a almost kind of a perverted moment. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little, cre- it is a little I, creepy. I'm, I'm going to blame that on Carl Weathers. I uh, think he yeah, delivered that yeah. line a little too a creepily. Little, Billy yeah. D. Billy, Billy D. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Billy, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Don't disrespect Billy D. But sorry. <laughs> <he's kinda creepy. laughs> they Billy do D. say that creepy. they do say in the original director's cut that it's found out that she's his daughter. Like, yeah. So. But, yeah, and and I want to apologize for the car well, this thing I have um, uh, Mandalorian on the brain. But, oh yeah, but Billy D is creepy in general. Yeah, he's just and kind of I, a strange guy. He, he well, he, he's just got this air about him. I think it's what makes him great at playing 
at playing Lando is because yeah. he's kind of sleazy. Yeah. But he delivers that line like 100% Lando. It yeah. is not a line that Lando would say. Yeah, yeah. So that was That's obviously a little bit of a, a creep, creep-tastic thing there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so, but I, I will say, ultimately, my biggest issue with this movie, just in general, is the fact that they brought Palpatine back. Yeah, mine too. I think that it ultimately negates Palpatine's original story arc as mm-hmm. well as Darth Vader. Because Darth Vader was resurrected into a good person because he killed Palpatine. And if you totally just like, oh, no, he didn't actually die. He was still alive, blah, blah, blah. And he's been a part of this whole thing, manipulating everybody. And like that just kind of kind of takes away from that that original story. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes Vader's death in vain. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Yeah. No, is, I fundamentally disagree with everything you guys are saying. So, <laughs> oh my goodness! Just when you guys get done, I'll, I'll speak. So I feel. So here's my thing about it. Um, I think that it was originally JJ's intent to make Snoke the main uh, bad guy throughout the entire series, mm-hmm. and then Ryan Johnson takes over the helm and says, "F you." We're not doing that. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And then it comes back around to JJ and he's like, this is is the only thing that makes sense. Okay. Snoke was actually a clone. Yeah. And he was just a puppet basically. And I I, I don't know. That just really bothered me a lot. I I have mixed feelings about it. I, I, I agree with you about, how I don't like how bringing Palpatine back. What does that do for Darth Vader's yeah. story? But I do respect the like going to the comics for a story. Yeah. Um, I mean that the um, Palpatine coming back is straight out of the the Dark um, Empire series. Yeah. Of comics where Palpatine was continually trying to create a force sensitive clone to continue his life. You know. Yeah. They, they, I mean, there, there's some deep lore stuff there if you want to get into it. I guess my big thing about it is that Palpatine didn't really serve much of a purpose in the movie other than to be somebody for Ray to kill. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, the, the, like the, the whole army thing being raised up, like did that need Palpatine? The, the seemingly like massive army of Sith in that giant Coliseum watching this fight happen. Where yeah. did they come from? Right. Um, Were they even real? Pal- yeah. And, and I'm not knocking the fight scene. It was a good fight scene at the end, but Palpatine's death seemed like, I don't know if easy, easy mode. It did. It did felt really easy for Ray to dispatch him. Well, all she and, did was hold up, the lightsaber and then the other lightsaber came in and she just redirected his lightning back at him. Yeah. And like, which is, couldn't he have just like flipped the switch off? Like, like, right. I mean, also like he, he, he seems to have, he seemed to have gained back his power when he was sucking the life force out yeah, or whatever. He was out of both doing. of them. Out of both of them. But yet he just stood there the whole time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I don't know. I, I felt like when they were writing the script, they were probably thinking like, we have to have a big bad. Yeah. 
And if Snoke's dead, then then who's our big bad? Like they they ran yeah. out of options. They couldn't basically. they couldn't have a new one because no, it's the end of the trilogy. Yeah, it's too yeah. late. You can't introduce a new big bad and kill him at the end of yeah. that movie. They're saying that that's a big reason why Colin Trevorrow got dropped off because he had there's a apparently a concept book that has been taken back and they're destroying it to redistribute it to take mm-hmm. out the original concept artwork of Colin Trevorrow's uh, original writing because he did have a totally new uh, bad guy and huh. and it was like this giant spider looking thing like it was weird but but you know like they, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not saying I'm a script writer or anything but could, could you not have just said yeah Snoke's dead and also Snoke is a clone yeah and there's more of him there's another of, of him. there's so, a thousand of him just but take it that would that would leave a plot hole of who's creating the clones well just take out Palpatine and say Palpatine made hundreds of Snokes and we saw the Snoke jar you know yeah <laughs> In this well, newest my, movie. My so whole you, thing. If you, if you just said, "Oh yeah, there's more of him," because he he was a he was a failed experiment, and there's several of him being controlled or, or you know around, and just said like, "Oh, he's still the big bad," and you have to kill like ten of them or something. Well, my whole thing was that, and this was a big um, discussion before the rise of Skywalker, is that Snoke was Snoke was only a um his actual body was just a host and his spirit left and was going to take hold of somebody else. And so he was still going to be, and that's, I think that's kind of where Palpatine eventually came back into the picture, but like he could have very well, like, yeah, you killed Snoke, but he didn't actually die. Like he just forced himself into something else. Yeah, I mean, I, I did hear that after episode eight came out that people were like, well, couldn't he just have, you know, Professor X'd himself into yeah. a body, yeah. you know, and, and that's totally plausible as well. Yeah. But um, therein lies the rub with every Star Wars movie. It's right. like once you get into the lore details, you start to dissect things. Right. It, it's like, I, I mean, the best thing I could say about episode nine is that it was an entertaining mess. Yeah. You know? It was in, it was really well done, really incredibly acted. I think like Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver are the best you know they've been in the entire trilogy. Yeah, for sure. Um, the the special effects team deserves every oh, Oscar in the world. Absolutely. Um, the music you, was incredible. But it's a mile wide and an inch deep. If you yeah. start digging into any of these <laughs> lore thoughts, or if you start talking about script, or you know studios fighting and directors changing you know then you've lost the point of those movies yeah and i think that's the main reason why they didn't use the lucas um the archive people um Mm -hmm. you know because if you do you put yourself in a position like well you can do this but it's going to open up this and then you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do that like it it would be never ending like it would it would you know, there's even in the um, the Disney XD series, there's even forced time travel. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I was saying earlier, if you hold these trilogies to a standard, then you got to hold the rest of the series exactly. to a standard. The and they don't series. follow it. Yeah. And they don't follow any yeah. of it. So it's you have to take like everything with a grain of salt. Especially <laughs> the original trilogy. Yeah. Like, you could potentially ruin the story of the original trilogy by opening yourself up too much. 
And so mm-hmm. I, I imagine feel. If, imagine if time travel was involved in this movie. <laughs> imagine. There, there imagine was there was a great lose. theory that I was kind of hoping would come true with that. Ray was actually Anakin's mother. <laughs> like oh, she she was going to be impregnated by Palpatine. You know that's the story of Anakin that he was uh like a virgin birth basically that he was yeah. impregnated by either Plagueis or Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Um I, it's I think it's canon, right? That it was yeah. Palpatine. Yeah, it was Palpatine, yeah. Yeah. But um but yeah, that theory that Ray was actually going to be sent back in time and she was going to be pregnant with Anakin. I was like, I kind of well, want that yeah. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, it's it seems kind of stupid, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense. Like, it, it would at least tie those back together. I don't know. I, I was kind of like, as I was watching the movie, like, even when there's probably like 10, 15 minutes left, I'm like, how are they going to end this? Like, mm-hmm. how how are they going to wrap this up? And then when they finally did it, I was like, mm, that felt a little cheap. So, Jackson, you fundamentally disagree with us. What What do you think? Um, uh, we, well, going back, I think uh, I agree that I think Snoke was supposed to be the main baddie through the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys mentioned that you thought that Palpatine coming back was like a disservice to Anakin's arc but i disagree i think uh i don't think it has anything to do with anakin's arc at all i think it's i think it's just solely on ray uh during the whole force vision where ray speaks to the stars and hears the voice of all the jedi you mm-hmm. can hear anakin say do like i did yeah and mm-hmm. fulfill your destiny yeah it's like i don't think anything was taken away from Anakin. I just think that Daisy or uh, what's your name? Ray. I think Ray was just, just doing the same thing. It just happened to be the same guy. I don't know. I I mean, I don't think it takes away from anything that Anakin did. I could see Um, that. I I, I could see your point there. I mean, it's it's also a Star Wars trope to repeat things. Yeah. And I, I do (laughs) feel like it helped Kylo reach the point of his return to the good side. Like, you know, when he first, at the beginning of the movie, he goes down there to meet Palpatine and he is told that he's, you know, he says, I'm I'm every voice in your head. And they do the voice of Snoke, Vader and Palpatine. Mm -hmm. And I think at that moment, it begins to weigh on Kylo that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I think that certainly Palpatine helped. Like he finally, I think Kylo finally realized that he was never going to be any more than a puppet to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Like he was never going to be a leader. He was never going to be a Darth Vader, anything like that. And so I think that kind of started his journey back you know, mainly uh, back I, uh, to the good side. I almost feel like I agree with you. I almost feel like in that moment, Kylo realized, or maybe even the moment where he sees his dad again, he realizes that, you know, his whole life, he's always wanted to be like Anakin. Yeah. He's always wanted to be like Vader. I think when the moment happens that he finally turns, I think he realizes that his moment to be Anakin uh, has passed. Well, and to be fair, the moment to be Anakin is really for Ray. And all Ben can do is 
try and help Ray. Yeah, and to be fair, that actually happened in The Last Jedi. That happened in the throne room. You know, when he ultimately decided to kill Snoke and mm-hmm. save Ray's life, that was mm-hmm. his turning point. Now, he kind of like, that was kind of my gripe in that movie is that he kind of like immediately flipped a switch again and like went right back to the dark side. But, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like Kylo had an addiction and like he, he would go, he was so inconsistent. It's like Kylo had an addiction to the dark side where yeah. and he would relapse all the time. Yeah. But it's like he was always trying to well, fight it and get away from yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's what Luke even said. He was always being pulled to the dark side. And he yeah. even said that about Ray. You know, when he, during The Last Jedi, when he was training her, he was like, you went to the dark side. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're not supposed to do that. And so, and obviously now we kind of can tie that into, well, he, she was, she's Palpatine's granddaughter. Like, of course she went to the dark side. So... Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like that maybe if it was done a little bit of a different way, then it may not have felt cheap, you know, the way that they, like, I kind of wanted, like, when, when Palpatine sucked the life force out of them, I kind of wanted him to turn into more of a legit, like, active person instead of still, like, a, you know, nasty yeah, old man. Like, maybe mm-hmm. he, like, his, like, I don't know, maybe he gets bigger muscles or something, but <laughs> maybe he, like, like that thing that was attached to his back, maybe he breaks away from it. Yes. Yeah. Is standing up on his own two feet. Yeah. And he like wields a lightsaber again and like they have a lightsaber duel, like at yeah. least something like yeah. that. Yeah. I was, uh, like he grows his fingers back so he can hold the lightsaber again. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting for uh, a force ghost battle. There, well, there's not a there's not a battle, but they do say that the force when Ray is hearing all the voices, there was an entire scene filmed of all of those characters. Besides, Alec see, Guinness, that's what course. I wanted. I wanted to see all of the characters, but maybe not necessarily in a battle, but I wanted to see them in that moment. The not only thing you. that I would say that that may not be true is how in the world. In today's age, do you bring back all of those people into a studio somewhere and film that and it never get out? Like, it never yeah. leak. Right, like yeah. Somebody would have seen, you know, Hayden Christensen or Ewan McGregor. Well, or they got all of those people to come in and do voice work. Well, that's that's one thing. I mean, you can send them yeah, to yeah. a studio in one Kansas. Time. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. But if you're actually bringing them in in costume in front of a green screen on a studio lot somebody is gonna leak that like yeah even the closest mm-hmm. people on a production set it could be a daggum key grip on a production set he don't have yeah. any you know he doesn't have any reason not to spill that like he could post a reddit for him i just saw you and mcgregor in his obi-wan outfit in front of a green screen mm-hmm. yep I think I think they had to keep it secretive and have like one by one they come in the to the recording booth and yeah. say your line yeah, and then probably didn't even tell them what it was for no you know no probably not you know um, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't bring in Force Ghosts I think that was a big worry that everybody had it was like oh crap we're gonna see Hayden Christensen Force Ghost you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you we know? already had to see him as a Force Ghost I, in the remake know. of the trilogy yeah yeah. I'm, maybe I'm different, but I that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for a Hayden Christensen appearance. Hmm. I, just I, think love it, Hayden. It, I love Hayden, man. 
You want some I, redemption I, for him? Uh, not even just redemption. I don't think he did bad, so I just wanted to see him again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he did bad either. He was just in a, in had some bad scenes and some yeah. bad lines. You know, there, there's parts of that that you can't help as an actor. You're like, well, the line is, I hate sand, and I've got to give it my all. <laughs> well, they say uh, they say Star that Star Wars is clunky writing one yeah. on one. Well, and yeah. they say that George Lucas is like the most stone dead director that he get like he literally walks up to his actors and is like, "Okay, you're going to say this and then and then you're going to say this and <laughs> and go." Like, why do I like fully believe that? <laughs> like, he's the most emotionless person on the planet. Like, how would you ever think he's like a Quentin Tarantino who is right. like, you know, involved in every single like it has to be perfected? Like, they even said like on the set they would do like one take and he'd be like, um, "I guess that'd be all right. Let's let's keep that." <laughs> yeah, as opposed to like Tarantino, who's like. Okay, that was perfect. Let's do fifty more. Yeah. Just to be okay. No, that was yeah. absolutely terrible. Let's do it again. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So anyway, well, I think we we should probably wrap this up. I told you what. I I feel like we could probably fill up three, four, five episodes with all Star Wars talk, and I'm sure we'll come back to it as well because obviously there's so much more going on with Disney Plus. The Mandalorian is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we could talk about the Mandalorian on a totally another episode. Maybe we'll do that in the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, but any final thoughts that you guys want to give about star Wars in general? They should have killed Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, that, I agree. <laughs> that from, from that, that's probably one of my biggest things too, in the movie that I hated is that not that they didn't follow through. Like, obviously I love Chewie, but like if they are going to pretend even for a moment that Chewie is dead. At least give it more than five minutes. Give us a moment. Like, give us like, <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, Chewie's like, dead. That is like, <laughs> Oh, here he is. Focus testing one oh one. that Somebody was like, yeah. I'm sad that Chewie died. Bring oh, him back. Yeah. And they're like, five All minutes right. later, just kidding. He was in another boat <laughs> yeah. you know, or whatever. It's like, like there wasn't even they, any explanation that there was a no, totally different ship. Like there was, there were several moments in that movie that I felt like, um, as a movie watcher, I was being pandered to. That <laughs> yeah. was like, it's almost like, hey, it's almost idiot, like, we're going to explain the plot really quickly to you again. Which honestly, during, during that whole part, Jack leaned over to me and said, I can't believe they killed you. And then he showed up literally like 30 seconds after he said that. He's like, oh, thank goodness he's still here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it, they should just not have done it at all. No, you know? it's like J.J. Abrams trying to tell like a really edgy joke to some of his friends, and it's like, just kidding, just kidding, yeah, yeah just kidding, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or he he did that scene, and Kathleen Kennedy's like, "Uh, you need to fix that." Yeah, he's like, "All that, right, I mean, fine." Yeah, that's also a bigger issue I have with just movies in general nowadays. That if they're for a broader audience, they focus test the crap out of them oh, until yes. it, it is so basic that you like. Even the even movies that are like, to me, like a little bit more artsy and have more thought put into yeah. them, like the, the the recent Aliens movies. Yes, like they show you parts of themselves multiple times. Yeah. They're like, do you remember this scene? Watch it again. Here it is. You know, it's yeah. like that. They they. Pre- I guess they expect audiences to not pay attention. 
well, that's, so they feel like they have to show the same thing over and over. That's my biggest gripe with um, with Disney. I mean, look, I love Disney. I absolutely do. I'm a huge Disney fanatic when it comes to anything that they do. And I'm 100% happy that they bought Lucasfilms because they are giving us all this content. You know, oh, we yeah, thought this sure. we thought that Star Wars was dead, that we weren't ever going to get any more movies again. And now we've got five six movies, tons of stuff coming. We've got an incredible show, so I give it to Disney for that. But mm-hmm. because they are a giant, massive global company that is all about the dollar, just like mm-hmm. you said, they're going to make a movie based off audience and not creativity. That's just yeah. the way it's going to be. If you come into a movie understanding that, you'll enjoy it way better. Like that's just yeah. that's just how it is. That's yeah. like I said at the very beginning of the of the episode. I don't look to Star Wars for a, a cinematic pinnacle or spectacle. You know, yeah, it's not going to change cinema forever. And no, it's not no. Gonna be groundbreaking. And honestly, no. not to get too deep into it, but I think that's what makes the Mandalorian so good is that. It honestly, it's a totally different story. We don't really know a whole lot about the Mandalore side of things anyway, so it's new to us. But at the same time, they're bringing in a lot of nostalgic stuff. They're bringing mm-hmm. in stuff to make you happy. And yeah. that's I think that's what makes that show so good. They take, uh, Mandalorian takes just the right amount of risk for a Star yeah. Wars yeah. property. Yeah, and obviously Baby Yoda has taken over the world. Yeah, which, by the way, did you hear? And go ahead and get ready for this, Josh, with your kids. Um, they've announced that uh, Build a Bear will have a yeah. baby Yoda. Yeah, we're already. Oh go- my. We're we'll be there. Yeah, holy crap! They're, they're going to sell six million baby Yoda the, Build a Bears. Yeah, <laughs> the first day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one uh, one more uh, one last thing that I have uh, as a gripe for uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Um. Ray and Kylo should not have kissed. No, 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 that was, not at all. That was that's probably the only thing in the movie that I legitimately do not like. Because it, it my my biggest thing was that Ray witnessed him kill Han Solo. She yeah. saw it firsthand. Yep, he killed her father figure. Like that was that was who he was to her in that first movie, and obviously the thousands of people that he's killed since then. But she stabbed him in the chest in the movie. Mm-hmm. She watched him kill Han Solo. Mm-hmm. He like killed. She. He's basically a monster in her eyes for the entire trilogy. He turns good. He saves. Well, kind of saves the day. And then it's like, I thought you were sexy the whole time. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, I don't. I think well, a simple hug would have been better. Yes, a hug would have done the exact same thing you needed it to do. I was just and hoping it, that he was did die in her arms, like. It was yeah, just we'll like that, like a hug, like they're yeah, hugging. Like she's kind of holding away. him as he fades off. That yeah, would have been that, perfect. And and like they have this brother sister thing, like yeah. Luke and Leia. It makes sense for them to have some sort of fondness for each other despite their differences and despite things that have gone between them. Yeah. And a hug would have been I accept you. I I I accept your your you know, I give you forgiveness. Yeah. You know, on both sides. They're like they put their anger away and they yeah. fought together kind yeah. of thing. I think that whole, like the kiss was just like, 
it was just fan service. It was a people, people who pleaser. have some weird fantasy about them being together. You know, like it's even it's like imagine if uh, Luke and Leia made out at the end of Return of the Jedi after you knew right. they were brother and sister. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, here's what it is though. Crystal loved it. She was so glad that they kissed because really? she's a female who loves romance, and that's exactly who that was geared for. That's the only thing. I don't. I don't know. I, I've heard people say like, I think that's I mean, sexist to to think that like females are are looking for romance in that way. I think that the, they probably looked at the script and they were like, guys, we don't have a romantic lead. Yeah, we don't have probably, any romance in this story. And agree. and they were at the very last. You know, they were like, I mean, I guess we'll just make them somehow show some romance. Well, and I guarantee you that was a Disney Studio move, not a J.J. Abrams move. Right. Guarantee it. I one hundred percent believe JJ shot it both ways. Yeah. And then lost the battle in the edit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh man, I would have hated to be JJ right there. <laughs> I would have cringed when they told me that I have to use the take that's yeah. that have to use that take. He probably shot some epic scene too of, of him dying in her arms yeah. and saying last words and all this stuff, and then they're like Ah, let's go with the one where they kiss. I Make mean, them kissy. <laughs> Do the kissy face. Do the look. Take it from somebody who has to uh, work with uh, the whims of qualitative research. <laughs> it is awful to deal with when you when you come up with a really good idea and a good concept, and they test it with twenty people who don't understand anything, and yep. they go, "I don't like it," because <laughs> they're because they're paid to say they don't like things. Yep. And then your qualitative research says, we can't do this campaign. People don't like it. Yep. You're like, 20 people have decided the fate of a multi-million dollar campaign. That's Thanks. it. Yep. That yeah. That is absolutely it. Mm-hmm. You and know, that, and, that's and it how was, they make their decisions. It was even said that during test audiences, when they tested it, that the first and second act was very well received and the third act was horribly received. Yeah. And I guarantee that's when they changed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So many things. Well... Guys, this has been fun. I love talking Star Wars. I could talk Star Wars all day long. Me too. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Uh, Have a great week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. I'm sick. (laughs) 